0: All right, everyone. Thanks for joining in, and I just want to take a couple. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining in, and I just want to take a couple of seconds here before the podcast gets gets going today, and just say that these next couple episodes are kind of starting a, a mini senior campaign that I've been wanting to do for a while, and luckily, due to the time we're in and the time we have available, I've been able to start so. The next couple guests are going to be pretty close to home with me. They were the seniors when I came into ASU as a freshman. And while they may have not been everyone's favorite people, they certainly were mentors, brothers, and influential figures in my life at one point and many more. And in their own unique and special ways for me. So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I do. And thanks for tuning into the podcast today. Enjoy. Well, let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love, I know your pretty feathers. It don't matter the weather Just you and me together, we'll fly, 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 fly forever. Well, let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love, I know your pretty feathers. It don't matter the weather Just you and me together, we'll fly. Alright everyone, welcome back to episode 47. I'm here with Pat, Patrick Park, if you may, and he is a graduate from ASU with a degree in communications. He is originally from Rutherford, New Jersey, east side, Uh, special specificity on that one for sure. Uh, He, a couple of his stat lines, pump him up a little bit before he gets going, is he was a captain at ASU, he was an All-American while he swam here. He also was a former multi-school record holder, might be currently still, I'm not too sure after this year, but a school record holder, no doubt. He is an Olympic trials qualifier for 2016 when he went to compete, and then he's also qualified for what was the 2020 Olympic trials, but now 2021, so he, uh, he has a spot there, and currently transitioning out of the athletic realm, he is a trader at Beacon Point as a, uh, for his employment right now. So, Pat, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm I'm really excited to kind of continue this mini series of seniors that have been super impactful for my life and influential for who I've become thus far in my life. So, without further ado,
1: Pat, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Grant. Really appreciate the time. Uh, Confirmed still The record holder, Yeah, I think, uh, I think he missed it by what is it, 0.02? Oh, yeah, that the that end kind of okay. But you know, it's one of those things where you know, I, I told Bob this, I told the coaches, this. you know, we're growing as a team if that record's broken. But yeah, you know, I'm sure Bob has been you know praying for the next day to get that thing taken off, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I just can't wait for this team to grow and crush so many records, even if it happens to be my name's
0: up there. Yeah, you're definitely taking uh, taking your plaque spot when it gets broken. Oh, right? absolutely. I'm, oh. Taking that. <laughs> I'm taking that with me. Rightfully so, rightfully so. So before we kind of get more in depth into present time, um, Pat, I want to hear a little bit and give the audience a little bit of background, maybe a lot actually, of, of where you started and, and how you got involved into swimming, but just kind of your beginnings and what that looked like. I know you're a big, big family man. You're very close to your brother, and we'll cover that and let that unravel as the podcast goes along. But I essentially want to give you the chance to open up and tell your story about who Pat Park is and, and where we've, where you've come from and where you've gotten to.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, born and raised from Jersey, um, family man. <laughs> you know, I love my parents, love my my big brother uh, Peter Park. Probably going to reference his name uh, quite a few times here today. Absolutely. Uh, Six years older than me. And, you know, it's one of those things this time last year for his wedding. You know, I I mentioned it during the best man speech of anything that he did. Right. He was such a big role role model for me. Uh, Everything he did, I would try to emulate. Right. Because he was that that role model. Right. Um, Great leader. um, Great swimmer. Uh, so my beginning uh, as a swimmer was, you know, through Peter, you know, my parents always thought, okay He's gonna either play soccer uh, He's either gonna play basketball he's either gonna do speed skating, right? Because I was really quick on the skates. Nice. But my dad was like, hey, you can't play hockey. I like your teeth okay. right? So he's like maybe speed skating. Yeah, dental so, bills. yeah and then here's the thing. I, I would always follow Peter for swim meets uh, practices and you know, you, you would know this but on the, at least on the East Coast, every fall's indoors, right? Yeah. Chlorine levels are high. Oh, yeah. You're in the balcony, right? You're suffocating <laughs> up there, right? No air. And uh, my face is always pressed against the cold glass of trying to see my brother trying to swim, right? And so, you know, it got to that point where I was like, mom, it's so hot up here. Get me in a speedo. I, I want to swim over yeah. there. And so that was the age, uh, was it four wow. years old? And so... I think for both of us, Peter and I, they had to lie about our age because I didn't cut off with six years old for mm-hmm. summer league teams. And so, yeah, started at four that to lie about my age and start competing then. Wow,
0: the commitment there from your parents is definitely a pretty unique and, and comical, but endearing. If nothing else. They, I mean, already at the age of four, like you have your son telling you you want to. They they want something so bad that you're willing to get them into the sport, get them into the, the facility just to live out their age and, and let them experience that. That's, that's pretty, that's unique, that's, yeah. that's fun. So from, from there, obviously, like myself for, for Kyle, uh, my older brother, and that was my biggest role model in my life, my, my brother and my sister. Um, and then I, because of uh, age gap and distance and time, time at home, Kyle was just around more for, as I kind of developed and whatnot. Um, in my high school years, and after like into my teenage years and whatnot. So it was just always more around. So I can definitely connect with that on a, on a different level as, as well as you and maybe some of our audience members who have older siblings can as well, but I know that's a huge factor. Was was your brother your biggest role model in your life or did you have other role models um, like friends, peers, uh, athletes, mentors, your father, mother, what, what have you?
1: Sure, Peter was definitely the biggest role model um, I think I'm very blessed to have several mentors um, through every step of life, uh, whether that was in middle school, uh, high school, in college, now. But definitely throughout the whole spread of time, it, it was always peer that I, I strive to be. Because if I was just 50% of that man, I, I know I'm doing a good job, right? It got to that point because he, he is that, that type of goal model right absolutely
0: yeah and i i got that i I resonate with that a lot with kyle um you just want to just want to make them proud and you want to emulate them and i mean i think i don't know the cliche saying but like um mimicry is the best compliment or something something along those lines um even though i'm sure it got annoying to them at some points um i know i definitely got uh, told to back off or calm down a couple of times when I was trying to hang out with the older guys and whatnot. But um, it definitely developed me into the persona and, and kind of person I am today. With being I don't know drawn towards an older crowd, um, uh, an elderly or more elder, I guess, peer group or per se. Um, I think I kind of when I came into ASU, the reason I connected with you, Christian, Reed, Andrew so so much and so fast was because that was kind of like my standard. It's just like associated with that that kind of age gap and whatnot. And just, I don't know, I, I just enjoyed being around that higher, like I guess maturity level and experience level because that's what I'd almost done my, my entire life. So I, I, I appreciate that a lot and, and definitely know that's an aspect that I've grown to appreciate and know how to kind of make it work with my own life as well. Yeah. So... Besides your brother, besides your family, um, you're very passionate about where you went to school and your education for high school um, at Petty High School, <laughs> Yeah, um, the prestigious Petty High School. Prestigious. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about the time there. Was that always planned to go there? Did did uh, Peter go there as well? Um, was it like for me, I went to St. Xavier High School mm-hmm. in Ohio, and, and that was a change of plans from what my family ever imagined. Yeah. And so... For me, it was, it was a little bit off, off track, but it ended up catapulting my development, I, I believe, as just a human and as a person. So, was that always in the cards for you to go there? Um, is it public, private? Just,
1: yeah. What was it like? Um, it was not the plan. Uh, I'll tell you this, I'll start with this. If it wasn't for Petty, I wouldn't be here, right? I, I wouldn't have made it this far. I wouldn't have made it out of Jersey, right? Uh, just a little quick side story. Absolutely. It was. This was at the time I was working in New York, uh, right out of college. Um, we were playing pickup basketball with with my buddy uh, Preston, right from from Petty, right. Okay. And so he, we went to Tenafly, New Jersey. That, that's North Jersey. And I'm wearing I'm rocking my Arizona State. It's the black one with the the gold Arizona State okay. right on yeah, the yeah. chest and lo- love Longsleeve, <laughs> big fan, right? Playing pick-up basketball, it's in the summer, and um, you know, this guy comes up to me, he's like, wait, is he is sure and He's like, hey, he's a fantastic summer. Uh, you know, he made it out of Jersey. He um, graduated four years, all that. He started talking me up and he looked at me and said, like, whoa, you actually, you actually made it out. Good for you. And it didn't really hit me until a couple years later right now where I take that conversation and who knows, if it wasn't for Petty as a stepping stone to ASU, would I have really made it out, Right? And so Petty is a a private boarding high school in Hightstown, New Jersey, Um, excellent swim program. Uh, They basically had the Jordan era in the 90s where they won six uh, national championships. in three men three women uh, that was the championship there uh, the reason why I wanted to go to Petty was back in 07 it was the Eastern Championships um, which is a very big deal for the, the private school yeah absolutely. And, and so uh, you know Petty beat out Germantown um, the, the men and women for a double championship, wow! Right, and typically it's a tradition. If you win a double championship, you push Greg as the head coach, <laughs> like a big mentor. You push him in the water, and there's a picture. I, I always remember this of the everyone just pulling the number one right in the water with Greg in, in the pool with his full suit on. When I saw that as a kid, it you know with the railing in front of me, um, seeing my brother in the pool, him captain that year, uh, going Northwestern, wow. right. It, it was just uh that was a hook for me i was like i need to go to petty that was it yeah but it turned out my freshman year i decided to go to Westminster south which is a public high school best decision for me right where it, it humbled me a lot it, it was a public education nothing wrong with that just it was my and this is the reason why i say if it wasn't for petty out i wouldn't be able to make it out because wasn't the best student yeah definitely in high school um, I was one of those students where it fell between the cracks. Right? I, I shouldn't have made it. Yeah. And the reason for that is my high school advisor, right, at Westminster South. It was time to sit down and you know start doing this college planning. And you know this woman said, you know based on your grades, yeah, you might be this great swimmer. You're not gonna make it, right? Wow. I had an advisor tell me at at 13, 14 years old that I wasn't gonna make it out of high school unless I have seen drastic changes. Yeah. Right? If Peter was here in this room, right, he would be livid, right? It still makes his blood just boil. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, what happened, he, he heard that and he said, you know what, let's let's look for a change. Why not petty? Right. And that was always the dream school, right? But I never thought I could get in academically. There were some things where I worked my butt off began to petty, right? First class I go in my sophomore year, right, Mr. Moon, English teacher, right? Now I might be a confident swimmer, confident person, just in the water, out of the water, in the classroom, completely different person, at least back then in high school, right? And the reason for that was just afraid of taking tests, uh, afraid of failure. Um, A lot of pieces went into it, but I didn't know this about myself until I went to Mr. Mooney's class, and he pulled me aside one day. It was after we were supposed to read a 30-page, you know, in high school, they they assigned me, hey, read 30 pages, 40 pages. For me, it was terrible. It was hard, right? And when we were doing these group discussions, I would never participate. And so he brought me into his office and said, hey, listen, whenever you do participate, you always bring these interesting you know, topics and you get the conversations rolling as a class but you, know, you never never do that. I think you have a different way of learning that.'s like okay, what does that mean? you know what let me get you in touch with Mr. Wood. He's our academic advisor Wow right and so Mr. Wood was uh, more like academic support right He helps you identify this identify your ability to learn. Right, and your style, Patrick style, Grand style of learning. Yeah. Right, and So, first visit from him said, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring someone over. We're gonna basically give you a specialized, just glorified IQ test, right? Which was um, about three hours, and this is my sophomore year in high school now at Petty. About three three to four hour tests of doing patterns and." Just a simple test of memorization, um, but basically just trying to redefine my learning. Yeah. It turns out that sophomore year, uh, my vocabulary was at a sixth grade level my sophomore year, sophomore year of high school. Wow. Right. And so something was way off. Something was missing. Yeah. Yeah. And so what turns out, auditory processing issues. Okay. A P D auditory process disorder and so which which means it, it makes me a little bit harder for lectures this classroom discussion yeah retaining and staying focused exactly so for me it was more I needed a visual cue right I had to redefine a year later my junior year I take the test again right and this is just a, a full year of just okay what's the best learning method for Patrick, which happened to be this app called Learning Ally, which was basically a, an audiobook. So if okay. I have a math textbook, right, or just just a book for English class, right, yeah. I get to feel the, the textbook, read it at the same time, but also listen to it, game changer. Nice. Right? Wow. So the next year, junior year, so i can't make this stuff up right junior year, i take the test again the three to four hour iq test right gosh i take it again my vocabulary level went from a sixth grade level sophomore year to one year later to a high uh, i'm sorry college freshman wow so i surpassed my junior year standard by two years
0: to that's phenomenal
1: college all it took was one teacher to figure that out of, okay, Patrick has a different learning method. Let me get him in touch with the right resources. Let's help the brother out. Yeah. Right? That was my first class at Pet. That's,
0: uh, that's quite the story. That's quite the, the fortunate series of events, if you may, in, in the right place at the right time, almost. Yeah. And I think, I hope, at least for me, when you say that one teacher, like there's always, for me, it's it's one or two or three that kind of happen at different phases. Um, but for me, like I can identify those teachers that really, like you emphasize their connect with you and understand you as the student, and you as Patrick Park, you as Grant House, and not just student one, student two, student three, Here's my lecture. Everyone absorb it, because exactly. that's not that's not how it works. And a lot of people will take the time just to don't take the time to realize that and just kind of give yeah. out to the masses. But everyone really is different, and I think a lot of people can associate with those teachers, whether it was a profound effect like that or just took the time in class to maybe it was the fun teacher. I mean, everyone has that. Everyone loves <laughs> that that guy or gal. But um, the substitute that they came in, that was a little bit more relaxed. I mean, that wasn't their, their daily job and whatnot, mm-hmm. but kind of brought in a fresh set of energy and, and care to the students around them. I think everyone can almost associate with that and, and really appreciate like the sentiment that you, you give out. So yeah. I'm really glad that, that that came about. That's a very, a very intriguing story to me. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's really neat. And the fact that, like you mentioned early on in the podcast that you had, many of those many of those mentors at different times in your life and whether he was for a prolonged period or not definitely sounds like he was a mentor in that moment to help you
1: catapult yourself um into a place into the future obviously exactly yeah Yeah. petty definitely had a or has a, a special place in my heart um yeah anything to to help that institution just grow up I'm all for it yeah right because it, it helped me get out of Jersey it helped me become the man I am right now and it, it wasn't just Mr. Mooney I had an excellent team when it came to recruiting time my process was a lot different than others while everyone was signing and taking pictures and posting on Facebook at the time uh, I didn't have that luxury because from sophomore year they they told me okay Whatever the NCAA clearinghouse number, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head. No. But it's very low, and I was on the the very edge of that, right? It, yeah. is, it was risky. Um, the risk was I was going to make it to college because of the NCAA clearinghouse. Okay. And so, what I need to do was from sophomore year, from taking that test the senior year, 3.0, 3.0, 3.0. I had to nail it every single time. Yeah. Right, so it happened that that summer. Um, you know, when I was uh, getting recruited by ASU, of course, right. ASU. There's Tennessee. There's NC State. USC was in there too, but these were schools that had clear academic support systems. Not necessarily all oh, the, the best team. You know, there's more so academic support was first for me. Right? Yeah. That was that was a priority for us. And so my my group of team my team at petty said okay these are our four or five schools okay they got a great academic support program for you uh, to grow as not just uh, an athlete but as a, as a student right and so and these are these are things that made petty so great i would i will always always talk great things about that place right? yeah the uh, name a few, is so i had mr wood the academic support advisor. I had Mrs. Wood, who was my college advisor. Uh Mrs. Nicholson, who was just my my mentor, my my go to everything. She was just the advisor as a person at petty. Yeah. Right. And then there's Greg Reed who was the head coach on the SUM team. Yeah. Right. So I, I just had some
0: great teammates. Absolutely. And that's what I want to hear and I think that's an, another I, th- I think there's a as, as everyone kind of, I don't know, maybe hopefully pick up along this podcast, um, Pat and I correlated in our lives pretty pretty well. Maybe not the upbringing or how it went about, but a lot of sentiments. And I think that's why I really connect with Pat and look to, look to him as almost an older brother figure and mentor as well for my life. And um, one of my best friends, no doubt, but it's almost as if our we, we run parallel-ish lives and um, experiences not not the same each of ours are definitely unique but we definitely have passions towards the same things and and very goal-oriented people with um like I, like I mentioned the sentiments of our high school experience our, our brothers our swimming and whatnot and and going forward and I think that's um I don't know why I've kind of been always uh gauged and gripped towards you um per se as and gravitated towards you and and just your wisdom is i will say it. Your knowledge, your expertise, uh, your personality, your philosophy, our our deep conversations every right now and then. So um, that that's something that I always never take for granted and, and really appreciate in my life. But I think looking back on, on my like high school too, you can pick and pick and point who those are, and that's yeah. and that's really neat. Not everyone gets that, unfortunately, but um, thankfully for both of our institutes, we we can do that. Yeah. Um, so two things running back is that moment in high school when you met with your, your freshman year counselor advisor when mm-hmm. she said you, you won't make it. Was that discouraging for you? Was that motivating? Or was that like a, what was that, that, that? You said that was a moment. That was another moment just like for your swimming to get to you to Petty. Did, what did that do to you? Did that take, break you down? <laughs> did that be
1: like, hey, like screw you, I'm gonna do this now. yeah What was it for um, you? Well, I guess at the initial shock of it, because you don't expect to hear that. Yeah. Right. And so it was discouraging at the initial, but then you never give a person a reason. Right? Ever, period. Because then they're gonna go out and do it. Right. And so that, that was the exact exact mentality of okay, I'll I'll s i will i see you, right? I, I hear you. I gotta make my changes. I know that I have to come to terms, I had to make changes. Right? I had to get the grades up. I had to um, redefine my learning. But in the ultimate success of things, of the result, I will get there, and no one's gonna tell me that I can't. Yeah. Right. So definitely discouraging right at first. The then you have that reaction of that pivot of, all right, I'll show you. Let's do it.
0: All right, All right. I like it. All right. So outside of academics, um, do you? I mean, I, obviously, probably would prefer, but the experiences mold you to who you are. You can't change things. But um, are you glad that you got only three years for that time at Petty, or would you have rather had four? Because that one year was pretty culminating, like we just talked about, with that yeah. that influential influential point and and hypothetically like maybe if you didn't have that interaction it wouldn't have caused the chain reactions to lead to lead to petty per se
1: four years would have been great at petty but i needed that that one there it is i needed that one at south uh yeah i needed the adversity i needed that obstacle get me through to appreciate a school like petty. here's the thing high school south in west windsor they're ranked uh, as a public school one of the best in jersey not in the country right so i was going from good to great right but that great was that stepping stone to even better right yeah and so from south to the petty school to asu right? all stepping stones yeah the way i see it
0: awesome and so at your time at petty where did it fall in line with you with with swimming Was it, like, was Pat Park a sensation from age group till graduation? (laughs) Was it a more developed and slow process? Was it, like, your senior year, you really popped onto the scene and started getting recruiting? What did did that look like for you with your athletic career leading into college?
1: Uh, I'll tell you this. Growing up in New Jersey swimming, uh, the name Park, right, the last name Park was very strong because of who? Peter Park, <laughs> not Patrick Park, Peter Park, right? <laughs> he set the groundwork, and so, um, and I loved it, right? Because I always went by, oh, you're Patrick Park? So you're Peter Park's little brother, huh? That was a, that was yeah. a whole deal yeah. for years, right? Um, <laughs> I get the petty, same thing, but because Peter was so removed, I get to really form my own identity, so I had the... I had the luck of having such a fantastic brother teach me the ropes of swimming. Yeah. And so I was able to get my technique down at a very early age, which had later success. Um, and what I mean by that is, I wasn't always the biggest guy. If You have the, the group of eight, in you know, an eight lane pool, right? I was always uh, the smallest guy, mm-hmm. right? But then I, from a distance per stroke perspective, from start work to the underwaters the turn right these are little things that peter taught me at an early age like that you know that one turn and i'm sure you had this when whenever you went to national select camp and those those usa swimming camps right where they have the presentations of foot flip turn yeah what's it called the decline flip turn where mm-hmm. you basically um i guess minimize your drag yeah and turn earlier than expected than doing this Massive circle. Yeah, he taught me that at nine, ten years old. Yeah, right. And so my development was at an early age, right? But then I saw the results later. Yeah, All right. The beautiful thing about swimming is that there's a lot of burnout. Yeah, right? and so when you hit thirteen years old, that's some people just weed out, right? The weak just weed out. Yeah, right. And the reason for that is why? Because once you hit fourteen and fifteen can't keep up if you're if you're not um, you know if your techniques not there right you got to have the power but it's gotta be hand-in-hand hand, technique versus power yeah I right? can't just be power strokes anymore yeah it's a beautiful balance right and so once I got to, to Petty um, yeah there was and don't get me wrong my developmental coaches right there was Brian Brown who coaches at Now, who I'm you know, full circle. I represent him now, right? <laughs> um, and then there was uh, Lucy, right? Who was uh, I, I forget her style. line, like six time national champion, the wow. butterfly in China. Right? She's like five feet tall. <laughs> 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 right, but those two really developed me from a technique. Brian was so m- much more of training and yeah. endurance. Uh, actually, he helped me go from a 156 200 yard butterfly. His one season training with him before going to Petty, I went down to one fifty. Wow. So six seconds. <laughs> six seconds. Yeah. Right. And so he coaches would tell me, hey, I grew up as a breast choker. And then once Brian and Lucy came into town, they said, Nah you're not a breaststroker, you're a flyer. There we go. Right? And so if we were to jump back and forth years later, what do I do? I break the two hundred bar fly record at ASU. Yeah. Right. And so you know, for folks listening always listen to your coaches <laughs> trust them right they know what they're talking about
0: yeah yeah a good sentiment to to, re, uh, to remember for sure and uh, I'm a big proponent of, of trusting your intuition and listening to to yourself as well but um, coaches are coaches for a reason uh, it takes uh takes a little bit to remember that sometimes gotta swallow the ego <laughs> but um I think once you get to a certain age it definitely is more of a Two-way conversation and more. um, How how might you say, I don't mutual understanding than maybe just one person talking down to another for sure. One hundred percent. So, from the development process, when you got to your senior year and you were getting into recruiting, was it um, division three, two, one? Did you did you aspire to swim in college? Uh, What what was that process for you like going into college? Was the recruiting was the recruiting uh, fast and heavy? Was it was it slow rolling? Was it only a couple of schools or what?
1: Mm, it, was, it was very fast in the perspective of, you know, getting those like, 10 calls, 10, 15 calls a day where yeah. right at that recruiting uh, deadline, right? And so, yeah, it was pretty fast moving. Just the thing is my, my wild card was the grades, right? So I would tell these coaches, hey, yeah, I'd love to swim for your program, but you know, it, is this going to be a, a, a calling card of will I be able to go to your school um, if I'm not able to pass, right, and pass the NCAA clearinghouse. Yeah. Um, That's a pretty hard conversation to have straight up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, as, a, as a segue, you know, ASU was one of the few schools that tell me, yeah, we got you, whatever you need. Um, Get the, get the grades up, we'll help you in whatever fashion, but we got your bet, you know, don't worry about it. You do you, do you, and then we'll be right here. We'll wow. hold your spot.
0: That's a, an underrated trait. Um, I'm glad that that sentiment holds true at, at ASU. I've experienced only the same here as well, but it's, it's neat to hear that from at different points and different times and see the consistency of it. And uh, glad to go to a university that emphasizes that, to say the <laughs> least. So, once you got through uh, high school, you'd obviously qualified for... In high school, did you qualify for the Olympic trials or was that in college?
1: Um... Dang, Grant, that's a sore topic. So, in 2012, that was when I was in in high school, that was my freshman to sophomore year, just missed it okay right, i think the hundred butterfly uh trials code was 5529 gotcha they was the 55.5 okay right. yeah, yeah. long finish man long yeah. finish you head gotta, down gotta, 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 yeah. gotta hit the stroke <laughs> can't all be caleb that just puts his head down the last 15 years of the 105 man yeah or the <laughs> last 50 whatever the he last whatever 50 does. right whatever he does um yeah missed it in 2012 made in 2016 but at that point i got a chance and opportunity to uh, train with the greatest of all time michael phelps over there in colorado springs yeah Um, and that was just a pleasure to do absolutely
0: i'm I'm sure speaking not being able to train with um mp myself um besides a couple leisure laps here or there when he stops by occasionally i guess but um and to be around his presence on deck but I do – I have appreciated what it's been like to train next to and with that the level of excellence and highest peak performance with uh, Allison Schmidt, Hayley yeah. Flickinger, Giles Smith, uh, Brad Tandy here. Yeah. Um, all, what a roster. Yeah, what a roster. Oh, uh, Peyton Sorensen too. Like just, just top to bottom, stout, Amy Billquist. It, it just – the list keeps growing and growing and um, has changed over the years since, since you got here and, I, and I'm here now as well. And I know at, at certain points it was different and, and bigger, but when you got to ASU it was obviously as our listeners probably know by this point listen from Christians and Reeds and anyone with knowledge of, of the sports from and ASU probably know that it was a it was a pretty different culture when you came here versus when Patrick Park left here and <laughs> And I'm, yeah. I'm very fortunate because, for that because I am a greatly, uh, benefiting from the fruits of your guys' labor and the the women as well of of what you guys helped push along with the I guess drive and direction from Coach Bowman, um, but also it doesn't happen without it doesn't happen without the soldiers. Um, you can have the best lieutenant, but if if you don't have the soldiers, it doesn't move forward. Nothing gets accomplished. So I want to hear your perspective on what it was like coming in to this this community, um, the swimming community, the athletic department here, and what you saw versus what you what you finished with, and, and any in between as well, too.
1: Sure. Um, I, I think the biggest change was the mental game, right? We aren't in a very competitive uh, conference with the Pac-12, and so... With with several uh, national championship contenders, and so back then, and when I came in in 2014, and, and here's the thing: I came in in 2014 as a freshman, and right away, you know, Alex Kochu who's a previous school record holder in the Tuning butterfly, Pac-12 champion. He said, "Okay, you're the next guy." Wow. As, as as a freshman, and so that's where we were, right? Like Christian mentioned, that we had a 13-man roster, yeah. right? Uh, where <laughs> we couldn't compete, and so the mental change came from this. It was freshman year. Um, you know, I thought I was recruited for the 50 free and 100 butterfly, but then they're asking me, "Okay, we're going to put you in Dan's group, get your endurance up, and swim the 200 butterfly for us." That's what we need. And I'm one of those guys that say, "Okay." Put me in whatever. Shoot, put me in the 500 freestyle if it means that we're winning this meet, right? Put yeah. me in wherever you like. And so, okay, I had to. I hated it at times. I hated the training, but it, like I said earlier, with high school, with with driving that technique, and you know, I saw those results later. Same thing here, freshman year. I got, <laughs> I got destroyed. By then. I got. <laughs> I got destroyed by uh, the amount of times I got lapped by Anna Olaz, who's five feet tall. <laughs> and is yeah, she's a a, a champion in, in open water swimming, but yeah. the amount of times I got lapped by her, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Right. But then the following year, sophomore year, that was the year that I broke that record. Right? It's because of that distance background. Yeah. Right. And so that's a little bit just for me, but as a team, it's the mentality change. So what I mean by that is when I got in my the freshman year, the the challenge was, okay, we have these teams coming into town. It wasn't so much of that go-go attitude. Of, I don't care who they are. I'm just gonna crush them. I don't care. I don't care what your name is. I have a block, I have a lane. I'm gonna do whatever I can to beat you, right? there wasn't that sense of urgency right away when I first got here. And so I remember being so frustrated one time, and, and Sean cow knows this best, where I'd walk into the locker, and I'd just elbow a locker, punch a locker, because so frustrated, right? We're losing all these meets, and shoot, show me some passion. Show me some, that that grit, that urge of, hey, we gotta get this done, yeah. right? And if we lose, okay, we lose, but at least we, we, we lost just... Went down just, swinging. Yeah, went down swinging just throwing hands, right? There wasn't that, right? And then sophomore year, you had Bob King, right? Major change. That was the Bob Bowman effect, right? <laughs> uh, seriously, great mentor. Um, there's another one, Bob, great mentor. Absolutely. Um, fantastic coach. He's going to, of course, go down as a, the greatest coach, swim coach of all time. Um so yeah, Bob comes in, Bob Bowman effects, uh, instant change. And then by the time I left senior year, we already built the foundation. I had talked a lot to you about this. I talked to a lot of your teammates about this. My early years in, in college, we just start building. Everything, every single day in practice, it was like getting a brick, right? Brick by brick. A brick by brick, right? Just building the house, right? By the time we got to senior year, we had the windows, right? We got the fresh paint, right? At ASU here, we have the resources. We have an excellent pool, right? Yeah, that's for sure. Excellent training facility for weight room. Hands down. Right? Recover. We got it all, right? So in terms of building the foundation of people, right? The right people, recruiting the right people. We did that under Bob, right? We did that under all Dan, the Rachel, the Herbie. Derry the Logan right we did all of that and so by the time I left we did a really good job of, of just making a difference right and going back to when I was getting recruited you know Dan Kessler said hey I can't promise you Pac-12 titles I can't promise you an a championship but at the end of the day you you're going to make a difference right and so that was that was my hook that's the reason why I signed right let alone the academic support team with Natalie Thacker who's Fantastic uh, student advisor over here, but it was more so of, hey, let's make a difference over here. So we set the foundation, brick by brick, right, and the mentality change started to change. Yeah, right. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I mean,
0: that's a testament that I've I've shared with all you guys, and I think you guys all know about me. But it's it's I the year before Coach Bowman came here, I didn't even know Arizona State. I didn't even frankly i didn't even know it like existed i I wasn't really like my heart (laughs) i wasn't even like really big on uh, like even hearing like asu a party school or whatnot like i vaguely remember going down to being in arizona the state of arizona and my brother visiting grand canyon for his recruiting trips the team down south and then hearing the word arizona state at some point Mm -hmm. and that's about it and lo and behold what, let's say, actually 10 exact years later, 2017, when I was coming in, um, fall of 2017, I, I mean, I'm ending up at this school. And two years before, I didn't even realize it was even going to be on my radar. And like you said, through Coach Dan Kessler, uh, Coach Bowman, that once those calls and interactions start happening, um, thanks to knowing guys from age groups swimming like Christian Lorenz, uh, and then talking to both of you guys at Olympic Trials uh, several times, like just started that connection early and started yeah. getting that rapport that other colleges, a few other colleges were giving, but those were the those were the colleges and the spots that I really resonated with and and knew they appreciated Grant House and yes, my swimming abilities as well too. That's it's who I am, mm-hmm. but it was the genuine connection to. To take the time and, and know me and hey like this is gonna be the place for you and our, our opinions and our perspectives to make you the best version of yourself and when you hear that rather than just like oh it comes from for us to me that that matters a lot more maybe if I didn't have my high school upbringing as uh, we were talking about like I wouldn't have cared about that development process as much and rather than just like oh like get me better get me improved blah 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 swimming is everything but because of Saint X, like that development and human characteristic of growth, meant so much to me by that time. That hitting that ethos, pathos, logos mm-hmm. of my my persuasion was so profound, and um, you guys all just exude that from your own personalities without trying. And so I think that's that's a big factor why it why it resonated with me. And and so the the analogy Reed Reed kind of made was um, when he came here, it was, it was the two Ps. Um, it was more party-driven than performance-driven, and when huh. once Coach Bowman <laughs> came here, the scales drastically tipped to performance-driven um, over party, which is for an elite-level caliber of any team, it should be. And and so once you start going down that slope, start chasing the performance, things change and change drastically, up, as you said. And, and so coming into that foundation, like you said, um, is it a sense of satisfaction is a sense of accomplishment for how you see the program when you left and how you see the program now as an alumni. Um, I know you've come back several times. Uh, the reason I love you guys to death is because of the alumni like association and group, whether it's your high school, whether it's a former club team, whether it's college, um, I've re- I've definitely realized how profound it can be in the college level by seeing various colleges, seeing my brother, seeing my family. And you guys stay around, you guys stay prevalent and you guys stay caring with your passion about the program. And for me, that that's like a driving factor for why I want to continue making, help making this team as great as it can be. Cause maybe some subconscious level, I want to be in that role too and see the the fruits of my labor. Yeah. But I, I greatly appreciate passion and it's contagious. Um, and so to maybe it's another thing like the older role models like making them proud or whatnot but that's something that i push forward and keep in my head and keep in my heart to create the best environment i can and with my time here at least but looking back is is the i know the job's not done by any means it 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 per se could never be Mm -hmm. um but do you feel like you accomplished what you wanted to at your time here and creating maybe even more than you thought.
1: Yeah. So this is obvious, but I would love to say, you know, I won won four national titles, (laughs) you know, four Pac-12 championships (laughs) in my four years and, you know, have all the records on that board. Yeah. But I did, in the sport swimming, right? In in college, I, I did everything that you could have. I laid it out there. Um, Full send. Exactly, and so more and more, I thought it was, you know, oh, at ASU, my my role is just times, it's just placement, it's records. Towards the later, right, junior, senior years, more so of, okay, what do I need to do to raise up a a grand house, right? What what do I need to do to raise up my teammates so that by the time I leave. We're in good hands and not like oh i didn't trust you guys no no it's more so to be to make sure that you guys are the best version of yourself right and so there's many leadership definitions out there but for me is a great leader is where you make other people into leaders and you make them realize of their true potential and what they have as a gift right and so yeah, of course i wanted all these championships i actually wrote down in at petty at high school they made us <laughs> on an index card write down um no i'm sorry not at petty we did that at petty but also in college they made us do the same thing index card your goals right and so on that goal list i probably hit a few of them the record holder the, the olympic trials all that um, but the biggest piece for me was captain, right, to be a captain, be, become a leader on the team, and, um, and it, it worked out. And so I guess the from freshman to senior year, biggest piece was leadership. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, and that's a, a reoccurring theme
0: from what I hear from all of you and, and definitely a reason why, as I've said again and again, I definitely gravitated towards towards you guys I, I think it's uh, it's not a bash by any means but I know speaking from ins- like insight and stuff with my peers like um, obviously no one's gonna have everyone be their fans but I always felt like with the senior class when I came in um, I was able to not selfishly pluck or take anything but like receive something influential and impactful and developmental for my growth. From each of you guys in your own special ways, and that's that. I don't know. I don't know why if that happened for me. Um, and I think it's just who I am that I kind of craved that and reached out to get that. But I know it wasn't the same for everyone. And not that you guys failed on that by any means. You mm-hmm. guys tried to exemplify that. It's just like you said, getting the right people in there, the right the right mind and leadership, is that people didn't want to go into that growth. They didn't want to. Being that and that's the reason why they're ultimately not here right now Yeah. but it's also a testament to like you said the performance like we talked about the performance driven aspect and, and getting the right people with the right foundation because if you have a loose brick the structural integrity is going to fall it's apart in trouble. Yeah, it's going to crumble yeah exactly so maybe it's putting that brick on and then realize you need to take it off and so that's that's still a step in the right direction it's still improvement still making the best foundation it can but it's not that Direct that that quick instant gratification. It's like, okay, now I gotta undo a couple things and then Reset it and keep going forward and and that's something I think like we're at least in the last year as I took my my year away and watched from afar um, Probably learned the most about how to be a better leader for others and better friend more compassionate and to help others reach their goals um, at least in my perspective, so I think that's something really interesting like the team catapulted forward on this year and i think hopefully it's not because i was away from the team um hopefully that's not a direct correlation Uh, anyways uh uh, check please but uh but yeah it's it's neat to see that from afar not be so involved and so in depth with it that i guess it gave me the perspective to see that from a different lens this year and and really know like okay now I can see where the snowball's rolling. Now we can get on top of this again, and even hopefully exponentially um, increase it as well. So since we kind of eclipsed the, the college process and whatnot in and, and your athletic, let's dive into where you're at now, Pat. Like what, what are you doing after, after you graduated? Um, there's always like a sense of the student athlete identity dissipating. And I think for you, um, Patrick Park is an athlete. Like, I don't care what you say, folks. Like, he is, he is an athlete. Like, he showed me this uh, workout before we got on the podcast, and he's hes still ripping out the, the prison workouts. He's still crushing it. He's got the bungee in the back, of the back of the yard, still crushing some laps. As you heard, he's an Olympic trial qualifier coming this next year. And it's still a part of you, but just in a different sense. But besides that, Pat... What, what were your interests coming out of college going into? You, you said you're a trader at Beacon Point, mm-hmm. but what did that, what did you say immediately as I graduate? All right, trader Beacon Point, that's the goal, that's everything, like that's what I want.
1: Mm. No. <laughs> was, here's the thing I didn't know about Beacon Point. Okay. I, I, I didn't know them about like, at all. That's right? beautiful. And so it, if, it's so funny how there's all these steps right? It's always a process. And so, senior year, uh, I I met the guy uh, named Kent Weaver, right? He's a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley in in North Scottsdale, Arizona. And he was a big mentor of mine, uh, just that brief senior year period. Um, Grabbed about a couple lunches with him, just picked his brain on his industry and his come up. And it, it hooked me right away at the end of the day he, he makes financial plans uh, for people right and so I, I guess for me there's always a reason and a method of doing things right there's, there's always a reason and so for me coming from humble beginnings with financial planning is a direct direct parallel right and so how am I able to I guess how am I able to help my, my family members, right? If I don't know this stuff myself, yeah. right? And so it was almost like a, a driven motive of, I need to learn financial planning myself anyways. And so more I looked into it, it was, oh, this is very interesting. At the same time, wait a minute, my major is communications. Yeah, I took a couple business courses. I had to take <laughs> one econ course to pass, but I'm not in this, right? But then I get a call from Frank Demeglio, right? Northwestern Mutual, uh, a brokerage right, firm. And so Frank, he said, hey, we, we got a spot over here. Uh, we're doing this whole big onboarding uh, class of 22, 23 people, right? Uh, we want you to be there and if you can make it through, you're gonna be one of the next Northwestern Mutual financial advisors. Right? And so I started off as an associate because it was my it was my one shot to to get in. Mm-hmm. And so, within that first week, we went from like twenty three. just numbers cut in half. Wow! Right? Cutthroat. Yeah, because they just couldn't make it. But with the background of, listen, I went through a Bob Bowman winter <laughs> winter training cycle. Are you telling me that I can't do this? That I can't outlast these people? Right. So we went from twenty three people. Down to four. <laughs> wow. So, four of us made it out, right? And so, I eventually left Northwestern Mutual altogether. But um, I think what Northwestern taught me was well, A, you have to get your licenses uh, with, with um, you know, your series licenses. Um, with Northwestern, they're big on life insurance, so you got to get your life insurance license. And so, I did the necessary steps. It was more sort of sort of sales development, um, which, hey, I learned from communications at ASU. And so I realized, whoa, wait a minute. All these things I've learned in these classes, I'm doing the day-to-day, right? All those cold calls, all those warm phone calls, right? It it all makes sense. So at the end of the day, if I were to give any out-of-college student advice, get a sales job.
0: Wow, you don't hear that every day.
1: Get a sales job or get at the end of the day, what you're selling something. Right? Yeah. If you're a producer in the music industry, you're selling your music, right? You could have the greatest voice in the world, but if you're not willing to sell yourself to others, it, it ain't gonna work, right? And so and Northwestern is a little bit easier because they have excellent or they have excellent uh, securities and mutual funds and and life insurance policies that you know very competitive and so it's easy to sell that because you know it's very great anyways yeah Here's the thing the, the one thing and this could be advice to people that want to get into the finance industry is it's a brokerage firm and so <laughs> i told reed this the other day I, i'm glad that i went to northwest and not only for the sales development but understanding the paperwork yeah right? so if grant you come in and you want to become a client, you want a life insurance policy, or you want to get some financial planning done, you want to get a Roth. you want to get a, uh, a solo 401k. I want to make uh, bank, bro. <laughs> I want to drive a Range Rover. Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, uh, I'll sign you a paper saying, hey, this is our, our terms. Um, just so you know, because I'm a Northwest Mutual Advisor, I'm obligated to push my policies first, my securities first, um, which is a little biased, right? Yeah. And so, you remember the couple of times I would come to Arizona while I was working in New York? Yeah. Uh, being in Jersey, I would come back here about two times, right? Felt like Christmas for me, yeah. <laughs> and so, because we went to that one sushi dinner. And yeah, we, we did. <laughs> so All you can eat, exactly. Oh. And so, for both of those trips, um, there's this, this uh, family over here. they, they own a, a, a practice, he's a doctor, Nick and Amanda fam. game changer people for me in my life because they connected me with my current mentor, right? And so this is this guy named Andrew Reinhardt, right? He is a, uh, a partner at Beacon Point, um, advisor to Nick and, and Amanda. And so I got to know them because guess what? Nick and Amanda's daughter, Right, Emmy goes to the petty school. Let's go. Right, Emmy is staying at the dorm room where Allison, Peter's wife, right, dang, is the, the dorm supervisor. Wow, full circle. It's that's crazy. That's, be- that's right. Oh, wow. And so, I Nick and Man are saying, Hey, you're in the industry, you're in town. Uh, you should be, meet our guy Andy. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I love meeting people. So, we, we grab lunch, and he's just spitting off facts about being a registered investment advisor. So instead of a brokerage firm, it's an RIA, registered investment advisor. So okay. it's different because a registered RIA, they don't sell. They don't sell securities. They're, they're not brokerage. Right? So they're directly acting as fiduciaries for their clients. Right? That's and you're going to see that term everywhere, we're work fiduciary, we have that responsibility. But I see that more lean towards the RIA side because if you're on a brokerage firm, you're obligated to sell one product. But in RIA space, you, you have a lot of diversity to work with. Right? Yeah. These ETFs, these mutual fund companies, these managers come to us asking, hey, could you please put our product in your portfolio? So it gives us a, a wide range. Okay. So. And at the time i was so naive didn't understand i, I knew what RA was at the time because i was taking my serious licenses but i didn't really know yeah and so when he was spinning all these facts as soon as i shook his hand and said oh goodbye andy i quickly just went to my car because i didn't want to forget the information so I ran all down my notepad on my phone and started looking at okay what is speaking point all right i made a goal to myself if i were to make it back to arizona I'll be working for big be Point because I believed in their mission, right? They're they're growing. Um, it's a fantastic company. And so uh, great mentors, great great advisors, uh, excellent team over there. And so this what was it? <laughs> this past uh, it was Christmas time, right? So it was about December ten or twelve. That no, that, those two dates kind of stick out. Yeah. Andy gives me a call, uh, and we've been talking several times back and forth, because the dream was to work at Beacon Point. Uh, he gave me a call and said, hey, by the way, I told the director of ops that if I were to give you a call in time soon, it means that you have a job here. Wow. do you want to be a trader for us. It's like, first off, Andy, am I qualified? Like, what's going on there? He said, 100%. Right? You're a hard worker. You could get this done. Big plug. Right? And so... It's about who you know, but that was a relationship that I've built for two years. And I wasn't living in Arizona at the time. I built it over an email, over a phone call, yeah, over lunch, right? Any opportunity that you get right, to, to meet someone new, take it. Right? Especially, keep, especially develop um, guy or gal in their industry. Because my biggest thing is, Like I told you in my history as a student, I'm not the best student, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I ask questions and I'm a very curious guy, right? To ask a lot of questions. So, and with that, I like getting on the phone with people and saying, hey, I just had this random thought, could you explain to me X? And I think that's just my, my, my X factor that I have is, asking those questions and framing it to a way to get my, the answer that want. So, yeah. after college, the recap, Northwestern Mutual, um, back in Jersey and then work in New York. Uh, after a couple of visits, decide to work in Phoenix, still with Northwestern Mutual. Yeah. But then I get that call to work at Beacon Point um, under partner Andy Reinhart. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the rest of history, been trading uh, with the recent market volatility uh, with, with this whole global pandemic. It's tricky, right? So, which means a lot of rebalancing our portfolios and trading volumes are high, which means getting up at about 5.45, you know, five six to get ready to trade right at 6.30 in the morning because that's when markets open on the East Coast. Yeah, Right. And Dang. So, uh, it's been my hour so far lately. Um, my goal from a trader is to just learn to grasp all these concepts and then hopefully become an advisor in the future.
0: Wow. That's uh, at least sitting here seeing you obviously we don't have there's no like telecast of this or there's no recording yet at least. (laughs) Uh, Maybe in the future I'll get real crazy with that or whatnot but I mean I hope just listening alone I can tell how passionate you are about this and that's I think that's To me that's phenomenal and that's that's really neat because i think a lot of people aren't in this time and and age well maybe now like kind of people are kind of realizing what they want to be passionate about and whatnot with like the pandemic but it's not too often you see people doing what they love they might enjoy it occasionally but it's not a passion to them it's maybe a a cubicle job or or whatnot or they're just kind of trying to get by in that that phase of their life maybe get some financial stability and whatnot but um, it's really neat to see someone exude that passion um, that you know, especially when they are such a, a passionate personality, they exude a lot of energy, um, a lot of charisma out into the world. And to see that not just fall in one aspect, but they can learn to apply it and adapt it to different different situations, whether it's swimming, your family, your brother, um, your relationships, your love, your compassion, and, and your work as well mm-hmm. too. Um, I really think that's a, that's a noble trait to see. And to not even have to see, I can close my eyes and just hear it exuded from you. Um, maybe in the background, just hearing Pat Park, yell let's go <laughs> um, and whatnot. But I, I, I think that's great. I, I do want to kind of run it back um, a second. I know I, there's
1: a lot there. Yeah, of course. Grant, feel free to just cut me off at times.
0: It's, it's all good. <laughs> no, I, I, I like to let the, the train of thought flow. And, and go forward. And, and I don't want to stop or limit you from saying anything and sharing. Like I said, I saw that passion going and, and I don't know, I, Yes, I can cut you off and whatnot, but <laughs> I hate to, I hate to do that. Cause this is well, something that I'm kind of learning as I do these episodes is, and what I really want to project is like, this podcast is not, it doesn't, it's not entitled to me. Like it's as much as yours as it is mine. And this is the, the two way conversation of just conveying your story. And so that's something I'm really taking to heart more and and getting more enjoyment out of it. So there are a couple... I know I don't have a sixth grade vocabulary. um, (laughs) At least I hope I don't. But there are a couple of terms in there that I just had. No idea. I definitely forgot like two of them. But the one that... I mean, it's kind of obvious why it stuck out. But fiduciary. Fiduciary? Fiduciary? Fiduciary. Okay.
1: What is is that? So... (laughs) Just a fiduciary is just um a, a person of financial responsibility okay right, of the best interest for the client all right right and so a big difference from just an advisor to fiduciary so you have to act in the best interest for the client right so meaning if you know so a ton of examples so let's say if the client wants to invest in this but you know as the fiduciary you it's not wise, right, based on what the market's doing and how it's holding up. It's not wise to get in there yet. So making sure they understand, hey, maybe we pull back on that now. Let's let's pivot into some other security or, or maybe we'll go into a fixed income route, right? And so it's also based on their, I guess, in, investor profile and their, and their risk, yeah. the risk that they're willing to take. Because, you know, lately I, I like to put a during during my trades i usually blast uh yahoo finance um, and they just have an ongoing talk and updates okay and you you can't really predict the investor mindset yeah right there's human nature right there's some days where when the stimulus check news broke out right so it could have been green it could have been red It, it could swing both ways and based on how you read it yeah right so a person might read that as great I have $1,200 now in my account, I'm just gonna put an extra share into this, or buy into this, mm-hmm. I right? put a little bit extra in my IRA. Or you could read that as, okay, $1,200, i am gonna pull out right now. I'm yeah. gonna put it all into cash, so it's liquidity needs right now. Mm-hmm. And so it, it could just go both ways. You could be the greatest investor in the world, AKA Warren Buffett, right after this, I'm going over there to you know listen to his annual shareholder meeting, um, but you, you can't predict it, right? That's what's what's tough, but as an advisor, you could test your experience, right? You've yeah. seen it before, right? One of the advisors at Beacon point, uh, Andy Saltzman, he, he came in walking in one day this with this little mug and grinning, and he said, you know, this is your first one, isn't it, Pat? I was like, yes, sir. I mean, oh, wait, but. I was, I was very young then yeah right so this is my legit first one as in i guess the first recession right yeah um first economic <laughs> downturn that i'm experienced firsthand as an employee as yeah. a trader directly affected by it and, and in depth with it too. exactly
0: Interesting, and and I mean, you definitely take the time and care, like you said, um the annual shareholders meeting. Like uh, to be the best, you got to learn from the best. So I'm a big a- advocate of that, and it seems like you're continuing that growth and passion towards that. So, Pat, I, I love I love hearing that and whatnot, and I think uh, I think we're gonna turn this the episode over into maybe some more lighthearted stuff. Let's do it um, now. And uh, we've got a pretty good idea of who you are, and now it's time to learn maybe a couple more of the more fun aspects. I, I mean, I think that's all great to hear, but maybe a little bit lighthearted, not a snapping necks, cashing checks, um, <laughs> something out of the pool, hopefully, and and into just some enjoyment. So um, I'm just going to, knowing you, I'm just going to get into a couple of questions. You can go as uh, just quick answer or as deep as you want. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite dish to eat?
1: Oh. God, it's such a tricky favorite dish. Here's the thing: anything my mom makes, I'm gonna eat. Right, mom <laughs> home cooking, right? Unparalleled. Anything. So, I mean, born and raised in a in a Korean home, right? So Korean food is my go-to. That's that's the home. That's the that's the foundation for me. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, I guess you can't go wrong with Korean barbecue. So the grill in the middle of the table, right? Just kind of slow cook, slow cooking your mm.
0: meat. Pat introduced me to Korean, Korean barbecue, and it was, oh
1: man, it was <laughs> enlightening. Yeah, it, it's great. So anything Korean barbecue related, and if you're a close friend of mine, you'll, you'll always understand. Give me some Korean barbecue, me some kimchi, and we're good. All right. Um, what's your favorite thing to cook? Favorite thing to cook? Yeah. Same thing. Same thing? <laughs> well, All right. Korean barbecue, but here's the thing for... I just had a roommate of mine, Gunner. Uh, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Gunner. Happy birthday, Gunner. Big shout out. <laughs> uh, last time we cooked steaks in the sous vide. And so that's, that's kind of like a go-to thing of the house is to sous vide it for an hour. Um, uh, if you guys don't know, sous vide is just a, basically like a temperature regulator. You put in a, a big pot of water, right? And you put the steak in a plastic bag, zip it tight, um go-to salt pepper garlic um some types of herbs right thyme Mm -hmm. rosemary and then you you cook it in the water right at one twenty-seven point five for an hour so if you like it pretty medium rare that's the go-to obviously raise it up as you need but that's the that's the go-to meal lately
0: nice nice big big steak fan (laughs) it wasn't always like that but (laughs) here i am i learned my ways and uh, we're out here now. Here we go. Um, Powerade or Gatorade?
1: <laughs> See, I got be- <laughs> We asked the hard questions here, Pat. I got to say Powerade because Go Devils were sponsored by Powerade. <laughs> uh, I, was- I knew you were going to say that. But here's the thing, I... I I just had Gatorade on on my way Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, that's what I thought. It goes both ways, but at the end of the day, I do love Powerade. Strawberry lemonade, Powerade is my favorite. Mm.
0: There we go. There we go, man. You know, know, I mean, there's just a special place in my heart for, I mean, Powerade's good. Powerade's zero, unparalleled. (laughs) I'm just going to put it out there, but Gatorade. Gatorade, Naturally, it's called Gatorade. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, All right. Driving or in your house, windows down or AC?
1: Well, now in Arizona, AC. Okay. <laughs> but whenever it gets to the fall, when it's beautiful, windows down. So mm-hmm. It goes both ways. Okay. All right. I, I apologize. It's going both ways seasonal. on everything. It's all right. It's all right. The
0: man of balance, the man of balance. Moderation is key. There you go. Um, all right. Hat, when you're wearing a hat, backwards or forwards? Maybe sideways. I don't know. you really pimping
1: backwards backwards yeah all right um jammer or speedo always speedo i've always been team speedo from an early age i got a lot of uh, a lot of hit and smack talk about it think about a four-year-old in a tiny speedo <laughs> diaper <laughs> right? baby It's a di- literally a diaper yeah. because they didn't make it that small yeah. so i've always been a team speedo all right uh
0: high socks or low cut socks can i say ankle socks Sure. Yeah. I guess, oh! I, guess, I guess low cut
1: would be would would be the same still. Low cut covering the ankles.
0: Low cut covering the ankles. Okay. And I'm a
1: big fan of ankle socks. All
0: right. Um, what about the one socks that like you can't—they're not supposed to see um, like any any of the clothing or whatnot. The all one right. I have right. right now. Wow. Mic
1: drop. <laughs>
0: there we go. All right. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I wear those all the time. All right. Um, favorite dress shirt to wear. Favorite dress shirt? Yeah. Yeah, I go to my guy, Kevin Bailey, Suit Supply, North Scottsville, Scottsville Quarter. Um, any shirts there is, is my favorite. Wow, and all right. Probably more than 80% of my closet is, is Suit Supply for work clothes, right, for suit and suit, tie wear.
0: All right, good plug there. All right, so now we're gonna switch, we're gonna hop. keep going on this train, and we're gonna hop into our typical segments on the podcast. Um, we're going to go, we're going to start with our hot takes, hot takes, uh, hot takes. And, uh, and I know you got, I know your personality, you talked about it before you're talking about elbowing, throwing punches at lockers after, <laughs> after me. So you got some emotion in there. You, the got some, you got some, you got some, it's deep in there. It never, it never truly goes away. Come on. We both it? know that, but still it might be channeled in different ways, but that passion, that, that let's go attitude is, is always there and whatnot. And the, and the emotion definitely is, is who you are as a character. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, hot takes or whatever's grinding your gears at the moment, whatever, oh, okay. and and society or your world, um, perspective of Pat Park. That's like that's a great segment there. Yeah. Um. Tri- <laughs> triple P. I don't know. Maybe stay tuned for later. Stay tuned. <laughs> stay woke. Stay tuned. Um. But I can go first if you want me to. Mm-hmm. Um. Or you can you can start us off here. It's the
1: the choice is yours. Uh, yeah, I already have one. That I'll just go. Alright. So, one thing that's been ticking me off that I read earlier uh, was a couple days ago is that there are scammers out there um, stealing these stimulus checks. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's not ideal. That's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Because,
1: yeah, hardworking people and there's someone calling your phone saying, Hey, we we didn't have your deposit information. Could you send your bank account? What's your, oh, yeah. What's your social security number again? Your address. They call in. They just fool people. And so, that, come on, man. We're we're in tough times already. Don't be doing that. Yeah. Right. And so, as a warning to everyone hearing this, make sure if you get a weird number, just just cancel right away. SBS. BS. Yeah. Um, there there's there's a website out there to. For that stimulus check reason, and maybe you could put that in your your link. Yeah, um, show notes. Right? All right, show notes, and um, yeah, it has been taking me off just reading the fact that there are people out there still stealing these checks, right? Because clearly, people need it. Yeah. Right? And by the way, it's just the Fed, the Federal Reserve, had to go through drastic measures to pump this money out. So there's a lot of stake in your going out of your way to steal this money it doesn't make sense to me
0: yeah absolutely and especially as a man that we've learned so in depth and involved with the financial aspect of the world and business i I can see how that would be very aggravating and very unfortunate to see and frustrating in your your perspective too because i mean that is a direct i guess infringing aspect upon your line of work um almost insulting (laughs) per se because that's the worst advising you can you can do is stealing someone else's money. I exactly. guess. <laughs> um, exactly. All right. So mine is um is kind of recently developed as, as for me at least as well. I think it also did happen two days ago, but maybe Wednesday. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I tried to just push it out of my mind at this point. But it's all blending together. It's all <laughs> blending together. Yeah, we're on day six here, folks. As as you heard on Reed's podcast, I don't even. Label days anymore. No one knows what a normal Saturday is anymore. No one knows what a normal Monday. Just what is time? Yeah. Time is a construct in our minds. Oh, God. We're going to we got to stop there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get on track. <laughs> Inception. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, next guest. Maybe. <laughs> um, so my hot take is for Arizona, our stay-at-home uh, order was supposed to be uh, raised and, I guess, removed yesterday, Friday, May 1st. And over the 42 hour time frame from Friday to Monday, if things went well, they were supposed to like move it on in phases again. And so I was really excited about that. I thought obviously being in quarantine for quite a few weeks now um, was gonna be able to open up, get back to more regularity, regular schedule and whatnot. So I was excited about that. And, and every projection, every like health, health advocate, professional, um, like financial advisor, what, what have you, expert, and that field indicated like Arizona was definitely on track to just go on that path and be one of the states to open up and start that phase of return to, uh, I guess, a different normalcy at this point, but something more towards our regular lives. And around Wednesday night or something, I, I mean, I, I was so frustrated I didn't want to even read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they extended our stay-at-home order, which... I understand and whatnot, but it's, it's frustrating when you see all the things pointing towards a positive and improvement that it's still not good enough. And it's like, and it just, to me, it was like, what level of improvement is going to be good enough? Like whenever we raise the quarantine, COVID's not going to disappear. So you're like, Oh, okay. See the earth. It's, it's going to be around and whatnot. And in order to move in the right direction, I know we have to be precautionary and we have to be safe, but it was just frustrating to have that. I don't know that, that tease, if you may out there, um, so like adamant that we will and then it just for lack of better words like a bomb drop um and just totally erase that so definitely took me like a like maybe like an hour or so to process it um with emotions and whatnot and it just ended with acceptance of i can't change it so why why bother yeah. worrying about it but we'll just keep moving on and hopefully when i think we extended it to the 15th of may to to see what that looks like and if we need to extend it again we will but hopefully when that time rolls around we'll be even further along in improvement and in a better spot and hopefully that's the goal so that's definitely my hot take was frustrating to hear was annoyed that after our governor was giving a, the flipping the bird to all of our city mayors the first time for not even going on a lockdown that he just kind of flipped the switch and snapped his fingers and said oh no we're just going to extend it so so be it and whatnot I know it's for the overall uh, hopefully betterment of our human race and health but it was definitely a little bit frustrating to hear that when you kind of i don't know had your hopes up a little bit yeah of course so on to the next the next segment are you like that you like that
1: you like that you like that you like that you like
0: that you like that you like that you like that well brought to you by kirk cousins here appreciate it hope you hope he's doing well right now with wherever he's at Um, But I'll start this one off. Okay. My like that is uh, recently within the last week, week and a half, my brothers introduced a new game to me called Codenames Online. And it's like a word association game. So I guess like a brief understanding is Kyle sees a list and he, he knows, like I'm team, I'm on the blue team. Okay. And so Kyle sees all the blue words out of a list of 20. And he has to make me guess um, the words let's say man um, I'm not going to lie I'm only thinking of those because Pat's here but uh, ramen and like Korean uh, barbecue like those are the two <laughs> phrases and he's like okay how am I going to say um, like how am I going to make Grant think of these two words to guess them right Yeah. and there's other words too that I could guess and I could get wrong I could lose points I could lose the game on he's like so how do I figure out this so Um, maybe in Kyle's mind, he's like, okay, the word that i want to give to Grant is Patrick for two. And so I am thinking Patrick, I'm like, okay, he enjoys Korean barbecue. Like that kind of falls in line with, um, like Oriental Asian food, ramen too. It's like, okay, maybe that that's what it was. And and so it's kind of like a word association game, but Uh it's really interesting because you got to know your audience, but you also have to know the person telling you as well. And, and so where their where they're heads out, what they're trying to help you get to. Um, and so we played it with my family, my mom and dad, my, si- my sister as well, and, uh, and a friend of mine. And so it's just a fun little, a fun little kind of team, team game trivia, if you may, and, and, and enjoyment. I don't know, it's just we just set up Zoom and start going at it, and yeah. it's really fun. I, I thought it was kind of weird at first, but uh, it's entertaining. Pretty comical. It gets heated every now and then. Yeah. Um. But it's it's really fun, and I that's something like uh, we almost schedule weekly now is like the sibling sibling code names game or or something else that Heck we yeah. we're, 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 we've been able to play via Zoom. So there you go. yeah, absolutely. Um. So Pat, what what's something in your life that you look at and you just like, yeah, I like that.
1: Hmm. Oh, here, here's here's one. I really liked. Seeing those 14 jets uh, mm. f- flying uh, across Arizona—that yeah. uh, was yesterday. And so those 14 jets, were, it was a to symbolize and tribute to the first responders, uh, uh, the nurses, the doctors, uh, anyone related to helping out the coronavirus cause. Um, that was a tribute for them. And so anyone listening, you know, thank you for your time. Thank you for the courage to stand up and and honestly doing your job it might just be a job but it's it's everything to us right now for society it and really the is world. so uh you know thank you for that um yeah that's that's pretty much, i really like that yeah yeah no
0: that's a that's a huge that's a huge one i, I love yeah. that i i uh, i didn't even think to put that out there i know that probably hits a little closer to home for you with your your lovely significant other, yeah. um, big shout out to Hunter. Um, she is one of those, I guess, first responders would, that's classified as that in the medical field and and helping us push forward through this tough time. So Hunter, yeah. hats off to you, the real hero mm-hmm. right now, just unparalleled, kind of, not, not recklessly putting her body out there by any means, but just putting herself out there to try to make a change. And, and she knows that there are consequences potentially, but exactly. she continues to do that. And that, those are the, those first responders, those people putting themselves out there right now are the, the real heroes right now, in my mind. She's,
1: um, yeah. She's definitely a hero right now. Um, always will be right. Yeah, so, there we go. Um, God, you beat, you beat me too. <laughs> I had to pump her up. I had to pump <laughs> her up for you. beat me too. And so, yeah, I, I'm super proud of her. She's a, she's an RN at, at Mayo Clinic and, um, yeah, she she's helping wherever she can. She works at the progressive care unit, so um, that's when it gets pretty bad. Yeah, right? and so yeah, she's doing what she can. And, you know, I always tell her how much I just appreciate her and her line of work. Cause, hey, I don't think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, and so it definitely those those fourteen jets. Um, props to them for, for even doing that and making that tribute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're rolling to our third segment here. Um, essentially, rate your lane lines, your lane line ratings, however you want to however you want to go about it. Um, do you want to go off on this, or do you want me to? It's, it's,
1: so it's a lane line. Is, so, so
0: it's basically just like, yeah, 0 to 10. Um, no rookie scores, please. Okay. Um, I know that you can't really have a less than a whole lane line, but just no rookie scores. Uh, maybe it's snaps or something. I don't know. But essentially, just whatever you're – Something it's similar. Like I guess you like that, but it's it's rating it like maybe it's a book, maybe it's um, something you cooked recently, maybe it's a steak steak dinner, a, a TV show on Netflix, HBO, Hulu, what have you um, that you're you're enjoying right now, um, and that you kind of just I guess putting a, like a movie rating, I guess uh, Rotten Tomatoes, if you may. Yeah. Um, so mine, I'll start off for this one because um, the the final segment. And I know I know you listen to Christians, so you might have an idea of what's coming. But I'm I'm excited to hear your answer for the last one. But to start off, this for me, um, I've been wearing Vans shoes. I got them on right now, um, a lot more recently, and I've been doing some workouts in them. Uh, a lot of squatting stuff that we that I mean it's pretty much all I got to do right now: push up squats and more so lower body movements. But um, I've never worn Converse or Vans really in my life before until like this last half year and especially during this time uh big big fan of the vans i think it's pretty fashionable too um i don't know if i'm the best body type to be wearing it or whatnot (laughs) i don't know if there is one but uh i think they look cool i like them and they feel really good to work out and i've heard that for a while and and i i really enjoy that so it's something for me that it's that it's new and um didn't i didn't buy them they didn't cost they were given to me so didn't really cost me much and it's just uh i don't know it's a little newness that i'm not really getting anywhere else right now so um just a just a different taste of something that i mean we all wear shoes so i mean i've gone 21 years without wearing these so i don't don't know it just it's just fun it's just cool so um i mean i'm i'm giving these i worked out in these the other day um and i think for the for the first time with like more or this week more consistently than i ever have and I mean, I give these bad these bad boys or girls, I guess I don't want to assume the gender, but uh, but I, I I mean honestly, like nine point two, nine point one, really? yeah, yeah. I think it's it's huge. I, I mean, I love it. I mean, I don't know if it's like an everyday type type thing for me, but it's easy to slip on, get out the door, mm-hmm. and uh, fairly fashionable.
1: I agree. Here, here's the thing i learned. Do not put those things in the washer dryer. No washer dryer. So, okay. Okay, uh, right. folks. <laughs> do not do it. Pro okay. tips, pro so, tips. I went to my my first uh, what was it? Um, it was in for New Year's. Um down Huntington. But EDC, <laughs> right? So whatever. And so went to my first ever wore my my classic black bands. Classic, <laughs> right? But it's it's just it's in the middle of a field. Yeah. It's like grass, dirt, mud. So I was like, okay, like I can't just, you know, hand clean. Them. I put them in the washer. They get stiff hard. Wow. Right? And so it's going to take months for you to keep wearing a broken shoe, essentially. Yeah. To get back to normal. So do not put it in the washer. All right. All right. Noted.
0: Noted. Noted. Jotting it down now. All
1: righty. Okay. So my, my lane line. So hmm, my favorite... Podcast lately,
0: besides the swim Bros podcast podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I was just finishing your sentence. It's just I okay. Said, hey, hey, lately, oh, lately. <laughs> lately <Okay. laughs>
1: um, so this is a podcast I listen to on my way to work, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, "How I Built This" by Guy Raz. Okay, um, and so basically, entrepreneurs, uh, CEOs, current, former. Uh, basically anyone that created something that built a bigger thing, right? Yeah. So there were guys like um, Lululemon, right, was in there, Panera Bread. Mm. um, All these great stories, right? And it's humbling because they all started from just the bottom line, the bottom four. That's where everyone starts off. It's a beautiful thing because you get to hear their story of their come up, but boy, every single one of them they they were dirt poor. They didn't have any cash in the bank, right? And they're they doing it all by themselves. Yeah, right. They're selling the product. They were um, <laughs> they're the director of Oz, They're HR. They were <laughs> they're all those things. Yeah. And So, uh, I, I ran into Mark Cuban who spoke on Yahoo Finance last week, and he said basically just talking what the government needs to do, what we all need to do as society to improve based on a U-shaped recovery or V-shaped recovery. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I I grasped, relating it back to this podcast, is uh, the fact that, you know, Mark Cuban is saying (laughs) that this is the time to be for young entrepreneurs, right? Yeah, it's difficult times, but this is the time to be because everyone's on the same page, right? And I think for me, why I love listening to this is because I personally love the process. Heck, if I could become an entrepreneur one day, heck yeah, right? But I love hearing those stories of, wow, start from the bottom, hey, now we're here. Dang. right? And so it, it's definitely motivational of, hey, if, if these guys can do it, and I know that they had the experience yeah. But they're still on the bottom floor. And if one person can do that, I know a lot more people can do that and make that difference. Yeah. So, but it all starts with going back to that passion, right? They want it, right? And they want it. Nothing else in this world is going to stop them. Sure. So, being able to listen to that story on the way to work, um, you know, pre pandemic, yeah. <laughs> right? Pre coronavirus, uh, that was the go to. Me. and so I would I would rate that. Um, can we do points like nine points Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are non
0: rookie scores. I, yeah. I would say whole numbers are rookie scores. Sure,
1: I would say nine point five. Wow. Okay. Because, yeah, like I said, it's, it's just my go to on my way to It pumps me up in the morning. There we go. Um, other than that, I would, I would love to rate a lane lane line rating of. You know, support our local businesses. Mm-hmm. The Fox restaurants. It's like the the Henry, the Dober, the what was it Casablanco. They all have takeout. Wonderful takeout. Oh wow! Right okay. Now. Yeah, write this stuff down. Yeah, I got to. it. So the Henry, Dober, uh, Casablanco, and I believe they last I heard they they cut a significant piece. So whenever you carry out, uh, they they discount it for you. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that's great. But also it's very tasty food. Support your businesses. Rating? You guys say ten out of ten. Wow! There, there we go. Perfect score. Love it. Love the local business
0: support. Love, uh, love the fact that uh, that it's going so well and they're doing such a great job with it. So that's good to hear. I'm glad you you gave two there. I, I like that. I like that you just didn't you didn't feel like you had to stop. So I, I love that. Love that it's a, a high rating and, and not something too bad. So. Um, we've gotten all the we've gotten the full spectrum on this podcast. Now we've gotten zero out of tens to ten out of tens and, and plus. Oh, so, there we go. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 cool to see that and, and hear that as well. So, Pat, to to really bring this to to the, the I guess the the pinnacle, the the peak, the end, the conclusion, the the perfect finish on the wall is uh, my last segment that I'm, I've been starting out is kind of something that Kyle's enlightened me with and i've really grasped as i get older and every day i i wrestle with it not not even wrestle just engage with it and learn from it is pat what are you doing in in your life and well-being to for for pat park to live his life daily and and by that it's, it's i mean it is simple as that it is, what are you doing to live your life daily what are you doing to be present in that in that day in that moment um, and what does it mean for Pat to Patrick Park to to be to live his life and his the fullest version of yourself um, to its maximum, or its most optimal state each day? Um, it can be maybe something that you've learned recently, something that you have not even paid attention to, but you kind of do as a habit along the way. Um, but what is important to you? to make sure like at the end of the day, like you're like, I, I did this or this was part of my day or just a subtle thing to even think about. Maybe you didn't get to accomplish it that day, but yeah, something that, that you, you respond, it resonates with you and you can just say, I live my life daily
1: today. Conviction, right? I choose to live my life daily with conviction, right? whatever decision that I make on a day-to-day basis it's got to start off with conviction right knowing that that's the right decision for you yeah we don't have that yeah this is it moment for every decision we make it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. right especially in an in industry or or uh, as an athlete right if you don't have that confidence behind your decisions it's not gonna work right other than that it's it's uh, definitely conviction and going back to you know the the college scene of being recruited and saying making a difference right yeah that's that's a key word a key phrase for me is living life daily by making a difference and knowing that I'm making a difference right and so but with those uh, reasons and decisions you gotta have conviction behind it yeah right? absolutely and so I'm a, I'm a big believer that you know this time is tough these times are rough right now but you know i might be i might not be politically correct here i might i don't know but there's gonna be winners and there's gonna be losers that come out of this a big believer right now where there are going to be people that take this as just uh okay i'm just gonna hang back i'm gonna just go through the motions Right and shoot, I'm guilty of it myself, right. But also, you gotta take those wins, right. Be a winner, right. Do what every what every guy do. I'm gonna take your phrase. Be the best version of yourself. Be a winner. Be a winner, right. You could do it. Right. Make those plans. Make the goal for yourself. Might be two things, three things, four things, right. Check it off, right. You're a winner for that day. And give yourself the pat on the back. I often tell. Uh, I do private coaching on the side. I always tell these sermons this. you got to give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah. Right? And so, to recap, conviction, making a difference. There are going to be winners and losers, right? Choose to be a winner, right? Yeah. I love it,
0: Pat. I uh, expect nothing nothing less than uh, just profound and, and, and important and deep words from you and, and just spouting wisdom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> learned to never be try to never be surprised by you, but here I am always uh in in relative amazement of course. So yeah. and appreciative of any of the words that you have too. But Patrick, thank you so much for coming along. I think something that I've actually in the last year and a half, two years really learned from you is I think the the guest kind of saw or heard, not saw but heard is you like to recap, kind of like bring the story to a whole and it's really something that's helped me get back into this podcast and have a, a better direction is when we have like more at one-on-one talks, it's, um, you always, you always talk about like, you're like, okay, Grant, like get, get to the story, arc it. And I literally will be talking <laughs> with people and I'll just think like, all right, Grant, arc it. And arc so, it. and I like, I'm, I'll even sometimes like do like a little motion to myself to like activate it. Arc it. Yeah. <laughs> or like SpongeBob, right? Imagination. Imagination. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, telling you.
1: Same wavelength. We had this conversation about two years ago. Yeah, it was the summer. I, I told you, hey Grant, we are on the same wavelength, right? And so that, that's hands on. I, I appreciate that most uh, of our friendship. Yeah, um, being on the same page and sometimes not being on the same page, which helps us grow together. Mm-hmm. But either way, just being there for each other. So yeah, absolutely,
0: that. Pat. And like like you said, um, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my life insurance i guess and my finances but you're you're a brother to me um one of my best friends for life uh, mentors i know going each day forward and um i can't thank you enough i enjoyed this immensely i hope everyone else uh, just gets a, a fraction of how much i appreciate this and and whatnot gain something from this i know there's a lot to take away but thanks for coming on the podcast and and whatnot Alrighty, shut this thing off. Give me a hug, brother. <laughs> Alright. Um, whoa, whoa! Like six feet apart, hug. Six, six feet, feet apart. Yeah, I'm just keep it kosher. Um, but everyone, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay healthy. And remember to please live like daily. I love pretty feathers. It don't the weather.
1: It's you and me together. We'll
0: fly, 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 fly forever. Let's fly together, fly together, fly together. You can be my love, sweet love. And oh, your pretty feathers. It don't matter the weather. It's you and me together. We'll fly, fly. Fly forever, oh.